wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we respond at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Uh, g'day everybody, my name is Will Moala, I'm the pastor of uh, Paravista Angola SCA Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us today. This week's theme, we have a wonderful theme that we would like to unpack uh, for the rest of this week here at uh, Faith FM Drive Time. And so our theme this week is uh, God, the Bible, and a very human church. And so we're going to be exploring this idea of this, this idea of uh, what, you know, Dealings in the local church and just, uh, for those out there who may be listening, uh, you've been attending church for a number of years. Um, you know, there are things, you know, that, that happen in, in the, uh, under the, you know, behind the four walls of the, uh, of a local church. And so the thing we're looking at today and for the rest of this week is, uh, God, the Bible and a very human church. And, uh, particularly the question that my co-host and I are going to look at today is, um, how do we deal with clicks in the church? How do we deal with uh, clicks in the church? And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today and uh, for this uh, theme for the rest of the week. So, so glad that you're able to tune in today. Uh, my co-host is um, uh, Pastor Ricardo Schiffer. And uh, Pastor Ricardo Schiffer is uh, ministering currently here uh, in South Australia. Glad that you're able to be on today's uh, show, uh, Pastor Ricardo. So glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, for those who uh, normally listen in, uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, um, uh and I, we normally take um, our, our program today, but um, Pastor Joseph is uh, traveling in a state on some um, work assignment. So um, we hope that he's um, he's traveling well out there and he'll be back uh, soon enough. So Pastor Ricardo, it's also great to uh, have you here in the studio and uh, my fellow colleague in ministry here in South Australia. And so, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what we're going to discuss today Mm -hmm. with this idea of um, clicks in the church. You know, um, I came into the church in the Adventist church uh, 2004, I think it was. So I guess you do the math probably about, I don't know, over 16 plus years in the church. Mm And so, um, as you would, as we're going to look at today and as you would share from your experience, Pastor, you know, there, there's a lot that goes on in the church. It is true. And, um, you know, whether you're just a serving member or, uh, for you and I, we're in leadership positions as, as ministers. So that, uh, we obviously, there's, there's a lot we see also behind the scenes and then also, um, the larger uh, overall, you know, a conference as we call it in our particular faith uh, denomination. That you know, there's uh, every area of of leadership. Um, you know, you do come across um, these types of issues, and so it's you know we're we're kind of um, taking a different direction with uh, drive time because you know the last number of weeks we've been looking at some prophecy, we've been looking at the Reformation, and um, we were looking at the parables most recently. And now I think it's. Um, yeah, it's a it's a different uh, topic, and I'm really thankful to um, Pastor Gary who's able to, um, you know, kind of lead the content for us here. And so, yeah, looking forward to jumping in there um, into this idea of clicks in the church. Um, and so, um, before we do that, uh, Pastor Ricardo, I, I thought I might um, just uh, 
give you a few minutes if you don't, if you wouldn't mind, just get get to um, know a little bit more about you. I mean, typically at this time we would uh, do a bit of a well watch segment where we kind of look at some, I guess, trends in uh, what's going on out in the world today. But I thought, you know, because I don't often get to the privilege of being in the studio with you, um, yeah, just thought I'd get to um, maybe just um, hear a little bit about your story. I mean, just uh, just a, a very brief, I guess, overview. I know that you've just, I guess, well, not just, well, you've been in Australia and South Australia for, um, you know, for a number of months now. So, yeah, for our listeners yeah. out there, Pastor Ricardo, because you are part of our team, um, yeah, just walk us through what, you know, a bit of uh, your journey uh, as a Christian mm. and, and what ultimately um, you're here in uh, South Australia. So, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you, Pastor Will. Yes, um, God's... Um Ways are interesting. The way he calls you, the way he convinces you, uh, it, it doesn't stop to amaze me. Um, I used to be an electronics engineer, um, working for um, you know big companies and in the telecommunication field and also right. the medical field. Um, I did that for about twelve years, and I was traveling a lot. But it's a long story. But um, uh, Long story short, I, I received a call. I was convinced that God was calling me to yeah. become a pastor. A lot of people thought I was crazy by leaving my, my profession, my job. But um, I could not deny it. You know, God was calling and uh, he opened doors. Finally, I became a ministry. I went to, um, to Michigan, uh, Andrews University. Oh, wow. So you went over now. to Andrews over there yeah, in um, yeah, Andrews that. University over in, um, in the States there in Michigan. Yes, yes. Wow. Good, um, interesting, uh, experience. Yeah. For, for all of us, my, my family and I. And, uh, uh, prior to that, I was living in, here in Australia, in, in Brisbane. Oh, okay. So you're, you're not, you're not a stranger to Australia. <laughs> so no, you're, you were living up in Brisbane. Yes. Uh, as well. Yes. Okay. So my kids. That was prior to your move over to the States. To, uh, right. Kids were born here and, uh, we all traveled as a family. So that was, that was something new for all of us. Uh, I never thought I was coming back, yeah. but God again brought us back. So you mentioned your family, Pastor Ricardo. So you got um, you got uh, obviously a lovely wife and two kids and two kids. Yes. Okay. And uh, their ages or uh, sixteen and thirteen. Wow. Okay. So they're oh, uh, teenagers. <laughs> Teenage years. I've only got a little three-year-old, so a bit of catching up to you to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so walk me through. So you're working as an electronics engineer, and then you felt um, God's call um, yes. for you to go into to ministry. Um, what was that like when you uh, shared that with your wife? If you don't, <laughs> well, my wife is a pastor's kid. Right. My father-in-law is a, an Adventist pastor in oh, the US. Okay. And so, the, one of the first things that she, my wife said to me when I said, you know, I think God is calling me. She said, you, do you really know what you're getting into? <laughs> I, I thought I knew. <laughs> no regrets, of course. But um, I kind of thought that, wow, I'm going to leave the corporate world and I'm going to work for the church. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with saints. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> what a mistake. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's the same everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I guess um, we, uh, as ministers, we get to know firsthand uh, most of the problems in churches that normal church members don't, uh, you know, are not aware of. Yeah. And so you, you go like, well, wherever there are, you know, human beings, <laughs> there is problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so um, 
And uh, you ended up going to uh, Andrews University, which is our uh, Seventh-day Adventist Theological Seminary. And then you finished your studies, and then you you came straight back here to Australia, or yes, yeah, okay. So that was part of the plan. Uh, no, <laughs> you didn't receive any, I guess, offers to to pastor out in America, or we were, we were open to wherever God led us. Okay, so we applied to different places, and uh, finally they called us. So is this South here. Australia your first call out of uh, university? Out of, no, no, no. Okay, you were somewhere. Uh, I, I. I Went back to Queensland. First. Oh, okay. You went back to Queensland. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I've got a um. My sister-in-law lives up there, um, Ipswich, actually. Ipswich, so okay. um, yeah, we go up there every couple of times in the year to see um, you know, my uh, my in-laws. So yeah, Queensland, lovely place. Um, so so you're you're in pastoral ministry. So I guess how, how long have you been in pastoral ministry now, Pastor? So it's um ten years in Queensland and almost. Half year, or maybe eleven years in total. Okay, eleven. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so before we kind of jump in, because um, you know today we're talking about you know clicks, um, mm. you know in the church. Um, maybe just just very briefly, um, do you see a bit of that happening in in churches yes. that you've had experience with? This idea of it happens of clicks. You would think that you you would see clicks in in you know secular places or schools or you know secular companies but never in the church but unfortunately it happens and the reason is we're still human beings we're still sinners yeah and just for our listeners out there i've just got the uh, trusted online google dictionary in front of us and a click is uh, described as a small close-knit group of people who do not readily allow others to join them Mm. Yeah, that, that's, it's a bit of a paradox when we think about what the church is meant to be, isn't it, Pastor? And then yet, um, unfortunately, there have been experiences where people go to churches where they feel that uh, if you're not in the group and it, it's really hard to break that um, kind of like that uh, that circle, as it were. So, um, so, so, so right now, uh, you're passing. So, I guess looking back from that initial time, Pastor, where you felt the, you know, you, you heard the voice of the Lord calling you to ministry. Um, looking back now, some eleven years later, um, what are a couple of things you've learned? What what's kind of the big, mm. I guess, feeling of this whole journey of faith that you've been that you've embarked on? It's one of the things I've learned is that God is always right. God is always right, right. You may argue with him. You may think that you know best. Yeah. But when you look back, you know that he was right. And <laughs> yeah. also he's, he's caring as well because if, if he would have told me everything from the beginning, I yeah. would have said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. you know? But he, you know, he equips you. He molds you. You know, yeah. he trains you. And when you're ready for the next next task, then he reveals it to yeah. you. So he's very, very caring yeah. for us. Yeah, and I guess that's part of the journey of faith is we don't always see what's coming up around the corner. We've just mm. got to kind of walk through that door, as it were, and yes. and just trust that God is leading. That's you know, right. Yeah, you know, um, in my experience, I mean, like I said, I've been, you know, I graduated 2013 and I started my first church up at Lismore, um, up in North New South Wales and um, started there as an intern. And yeah, just over the years, um, you know, it, 
there's been there's been definitely some highlights and definitely there's some challenging points in ministry. And I often say this to people that um, even though I've been a minister going on ten years now, I still feel like. I'm still learning the ropes. I still feel like it's almost like you've heard it said, like the more you know, the more you don't know. That's right. And so it's always just that tension, that kind of you're in that valley, as it were, between, okay, you've got experience, but then there's there's always something ahead of you that that almost like um, uh, leads you to to be more on your knees in prayer and sure. asking for guidance. Um you know, um, so, you know, there's a, you know, I love watching and listening to sermons, uh, Pastor, and um, there's a, one of my favorite sermons that I love to um, listen to. So he's a retired African-American preacher, Adventist minister. His name is Pastor Henry Wright. I don't know if you've yes. come across, you, you know his messages. Yes, uh, yes. I, I love listening to his messages. He has a message um, online um, called War Stories. Okay, I've got to get you to watch it, Pastor Ricardo. Sure. <laughs> it's it's and basically the thesis. He's talking to a room full of uh, fellow ministers and pastors and workers, and essentially what he says is, um, ministry is not God's call to save others. Ministry is God's call to save you. Yes, you know. Yes. And obviously, when people hear that, they they get a bit uncomfortable because obviously mm. the gospel saves us. Yes. It, it's the it's the blood of Christ. So we we get that, but. I guess what he's saying is, it's as you were saying, as God leads us and guides us and we go through the highs and lows of ministry and life, it's really God sees the end from the beginning, as you yeah. just said a few minutes ago, and and he knows what he's doing. He knows what, what he's trying to accomplish in our lives. And oftentimes we, when we're under that, I guess, that molding uh, work of God, as it were, um, we are tempted to get frustrated and angry and upset yeah, so I, I guess I, I off time to time, Pastor, I will watch that video and it just refreshes my soul because I realize that there is there are men and women out there who are walking this path just like you and I are. And I, I find great encouragement in that. And so um True. Yeah, so ministry it's 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 definitely a blessing, but it's uh you know, as it's um it's like a crucible in a sense. It's it's a responsibility, but it's it has its challenges, but like anything, you know, it's anything worthwhile. There's going to be, it's going to be hardships. There's going to be hard, you know, um, times ahead, but it's all worth it, you know. So, That's so true. thank, yeah. So, yeah. so thank you for sharing, uh, Pastor Ricardo. And I, I just pray and continue to ask God to bless your ministry and your family thank as you. well. Um, so, and, and by the way, we didn't get, I know that you're, um, your, um, your, your ethnicity background because people uh-huh. may not, be listening to you right now can may not gauge where you are from originally. So your country of I was born in Peru in South. So America. you're P- Peruvian. Yes. Is that how you would say it? Peruvian? Peruvian. Yeah, Peruvian. So but, you were born in Peru. Uh, from my father's side, uh, we are from Germany. That's okay, I didn't realize that. So you've got part German uh, and blood. My mom's side is from Spain. Or, <laughs> uh, so German, Spain, and and Peru as well. Yeah. Wow, that's quite the mix. Peruvians are all a mix of. Yeah, different different cultures, yeah. ethnicities. I think it's on my um, my wife's bucket list to to go in to go to Peru. I think what's that famous ancient um, 
cite mm. their um, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, that's right. Yes. Um, whenever we see that on when we're you know watching some documentaries, which is like, honey, we got to go there, we got to yes. go there. And I say, yes, yes, we'll get there, God willing, we'll we'll uh-huh. we'll love to, and I'd love to go there as well. So, so welcome, uh, Pastor Ricardo, and I'm glad we could uh, share uh, some time together today. Look, we're just gonna um, go to our uh, some music in just a few moments, but before we do that, just like to promote our free book offer that we are promoting uh, on today's show and for the rest of the week with our presenters. So today's free book offer is called Life Without Limits, uh, Powerful Truths for Your Journey to Hope and Meaning. And the author is uh, Clifford Goldstein. And so um, what this book will do will take you on a journey to some of life's biggest questions and offers some answers that will change how you view and live your life. And with a fascinating mixture of faith and logic, what Clifford does is he seeks out the truth on such matters as the meaning of life, where we came from, the laws that protect us from pain, and why we can believe in a promising future. You know, I've, I've watched a couple of um, various um, uh, sermons and presentations by Clifford. He, he's very much a... Uh, I, I like to use the word eccentric uh, fellow. He's, he really loves the gospel, it's particularly the, uh, the, uh, he wrote another book called, um, 1844 Made Simple, which is, uh, an uh, excellent resource as well. And so, um, if you'd like to get that free book offer from us today, uh, Life Without Limits, uh, why don't you text us the code word here into the studio? And the code is, um, SA70. So that's SA70, uh, no spaces in between. And you need to text that code to 04888-80811. Once again, that's the code SA70 to the number here, 04888-80811. Eight zero eight double one, and you, our friendly bot, will get in touch with you and get your details, and we will get that book over to you as soon as possible. So, um, please don't go away. We've got some music for you in just a moment. We'll be back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ and A. In me 
Yet not I, but Christ in me. That was from City of Light. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A. If you just tuned in, uh, Will here, Pastor Will, and uh, Pastor Ricardo here. And uh, we are looking at our theme for this week, God, the Bible, and a very human church. And uh, that's going to be our theme for the rest of this week, and we're just kicking it off today. But today, uh, Pastor Ricardo and I, we're looking at the actual, uh, the very uh, specific topic, how do we or how do I deal with cliques in the church? And if you've ever had this experience, it can be a bit uncomfortable. It can be a bit awkward if you're trying to go to a new church and trying to you know, go around and find a place where you feel a sense of belonging, community. And when you go there, and, uh, whether it is... Um, uh, intentional or not, people get that vibe when they leave certain places. And look, let's just be open. When I guess we're talking about clicks in the church, but it happens in all sectors of society. You know, you can go to a new job, for instance, a new workplace, and then because you're the new person on the job, you might experience a a click, or you know, you're kind of being on the outer circle in that regard. So, but particularly, we're looking in the life. Of the local church, and so I'm so glad that uh, you're going to lead our discussion here, uh, Pastor Ricardo. You know, I'll do my best to to share a, a little bit of <laughs> wisdom on this side of the desk, and um, so so walk us through this idea yeah. about clicks in the church, Pastor Ricardo. And um, I know you're going to read to us uh, some scripture that kind of highlights, uh, I guess, some of this that happened in the New Testament church. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll give the time to you, Pastor Ricardo. And yeah, so talk to us about this idea of clicks. Um, in the church What does it say in the Bible And uh, is it happening today And, and possibly if, if there is any advice And encouragement for our listeners out there today Thank you Yes, uh, it is sad to say But um, cliques happen in the church uh, Churches are supposed to be Click free places yeah. But uh, the reality is That it happens in the church as well And uh, cliques are not Something uh, Knew it happened in the early church, right? And Paul had to address uh, address this issue in the church of Corinth. So um, I'm going to read from First Corinthians, chapter one, verses ten to seventeen, and this is how he appealed to the church okay. of Corinth uh, to avoid these uh, cliques in the church. He said, "Now I plead with you." See, he's pleading, he's begging, he's, he's very concerned. I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So he's, right. He's, um, uh, he's pointing them to Jesus, our example. So he's, he's trying to work this out like that. Um, so I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. He's pleading for unity. Yeah. Apparently, there were uh, factions or groups, cliques in the church. In this case, the factions or the or the cliques were about um, evangelistic pedigree. Oh, oh really? Way, as as you will see soon here. Um, so he's pleading that uh, they speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Um, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He's not saying that everyone should be exactly the same, but he's asking for unity in right. nature. Let's work as a team. You know, we yep. all have different things to to contribute with. Uh, then verse eleven says, 
for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Right, so uh, there were these differences. Yeah, it sounded like there were some people who were favoring uh, yeah. other, I guess, leaders or Christian, you know, Christian leaders in that church at the time, yeah. And I, I imagine some of them saying, I was taught by Cephas, and then uh, or Peter, the Apostle right. Peter. Then other group would say, uh, I, I, I'm better than you because I was taught by Paul. Right. Oh, I was taught by Apollos. Yeah. Oh, I'm better than all of you because I was taught by Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, they were, these groups were being formed or cliques becoming very exclusive and uh, not working together. Yeah, yep. Um, verse 16 or 14 says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. So, you know, they, they were fighting uh, regarding who they were taught by imagine if they would if they were to fight uh regarding who baptized them as well so paul was saying i'm i'm thankful i did not baptize most of you um verse 16 yes i also baptized the household of stephanas besides i do not know whether i baptized any other for christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Right, so it's basically saying that um, to preach the gospel, you don't need um, big words. Yeah. The gospel is straight and simple, very clear. Uh, so the problem in this church in Corinth was this, you know, these cliques, these groups. It's one thing to have a group of friends and another one to have cliques because a group of friends can become a clique when it becomes exclusive yeah you know when we have christ in our hearts we should be a close church close to one another but we should not be closed as in being exclusive yeah like a close yeah that's right and that is not good so um yes groups can become cliques uh, depending on the circumstances yeah uh, remember when i was a teenager i had a group of friends in my church and um some of those guys in the group started to interact with other friends from uh, non-Adventists, non-Christians, and they started to change. And, um, you know, they did things that we were not supposed to do, like smoking and going to, you know, parties and all that. And they thought they were cool, you know. And uh, (laughs) they started to uh, become exclusive. And if you did not you know, if you didn't do the same things that they were doing, yeah. you were not as cool. And so I'm glad I had good mentors back then, my father and a few friends as well. And they, you know, they um, advised me well. And I, it was hard, but I decided to separate from from that group because it had become a clique, yeah. which is unhealthy, you know. And I think part of a, a clique... Um, 
as well, Pastor, is is um it seems to be like some type of there's like a almost like there's a hierarchy within this yeah uh, like a, this circle, and oftentimes I've found that when you see a click, um, it's almost like a mini. It's like a group within a group where, like we're, we're talking about in the local church. So mm. the church is meant to be one body. Mm-hmm. But then within that, you have various groups that kind of almost like gravitate to one another. And sometimes they can be good. They can be good in terms of, you know, developing and encouraging one another. But then as we're going to look at today and, you know, clicks um, uh, can actually be inward focused. And from what I can, what I've seen is that, um, there's often one or two people that kind of, um, I guess the ringleaders, or if you want to call it yes. that. And so that person almost has a, a sense of power within that circle. And if that person likes, you know, person A or B, then, then the rest of them will yeah. like person A or B. So they're almost like just feeding off what that person's, that person's attitudes and their, their kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, um, you know, permeates that group. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, I know you're probably going to get into it, but I think one of the problems about clicks is, Pastor, is, um, is that it it can actually be. Uh, we're talking a bit about the context of a local church; it can be quite um, destructive, because as we we're looking at, you know, Paul is counselling this church that's meant to be, you know, together and everything, but he can already see that there are problems there. So. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. Keep reading. What, what else does uh, Paul say there in um, uh, this idea in, in in Corinthians? And and you can tell in in Paul's mind it's very destructive. Yeah. Because he's begging them. You know, he's really concerned yeah. about these these groups. You may think uh, it's not a, a big deal, but it is. Yeah. Because um, uh, it is very detrimental for for example visitors. They they cannot belong because there are just those closed groups or cliques in the church and you know when you don't uh, when you cannot be part of the of the yeah. main church of the group of any group then eventually you leave right yeah and um, in God's mind that that is that's uh, very uh, very bad yeah in Exodus 22 verse 21. There's something interesting. This is God's principle here. He was talking to the Israelites, and he said, You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. God is concerned about the stranger, the visitor, yeah. the new right. you know, people in the church. Yeah. They need to be part of the group. But if we have clicked sure. close, then, you know, it's hard to yeah. break that that boundary, um, and I think you're, you're saying that yeah you're you're using that text in Exodus, which you know it's um, beautiful part of what God was doing in salvation history was calling the Israelites out of Egypt. Yes, and you're mentioning that one of their instructions that they weren't meant to mistreat mm. a stranger or oppress them. And I love how God puts it there in verse 21, Pastor says, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And I guess how I hear it for, you know, today's application is you've got to treat people, um, in light of how, of how God has treated you. Mm -hmm. You know, the same God that shows mercy and love and acceptance with us, we're meant to extend that to others. 
Yes. And so there's something wrong in that picture when we, when we call ourselves believers and Christians and we're, you know, um, that we get the full blessing comes down from God, but we don't kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And look, I'll just be open with you, Pastor Series. Um, sometimes when people are clicky, um, you know, we can't judge the heart, right? We can't judge the human heart. We, I don't think people come to church intentionally and say, mm. Hey, I'm going to be a clicky person mm-hmm. today. So it, it's a, it's a sensitive thing because, you know, um, if you see it in front of you, and I'm talking as a minister and as a pastor, how do you address that? How do you, I guess, in some way share that without making people feel like you're, you know, um, accusing them or condemning them? True. So that's part of, I guess how we as Christian leaders, I'm, I mean, I'm talking between me and you, uh, Ricardo is, is like how do, when we see these, these behaviors, mm-hmm. which might lend itself to another maybe, um, theme. <laughs> but I know today we're just looking at, um, how do we deal with clicks? But, but certainly as, as pastors, we, 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 uh, time to time can see that behavior. And I don't know. I kind of sometimes will see not, maybe not just clickiness, but other forms of unchristlike behavior. Yes. Or you hear people, church members who are being very negative. Or you hear, um, you hear through another leader, you know, within your leadership team that, you know, some, you know, member A did something after church mm-hmm. and you weren't there to see it. And so as leaders, we, we kind of receive a lot of this, information and what people are doing and i don't know about you pastor but sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming because almost like in the bible when you see everyone brought their problems to moses and (laughs) you know the story how jethro kind of came on and say hey moses what are you Mm -hmm. doing you're going to burn yourself out delegate yeah so (laughs) so i think this is it's a great topic because it's it's highlighting that there are things that happen in the church and um, how do we deal with that? How do we mm. kind of, in a Christ-like way, um, kind of um, bring it out? And look, mm-hmm. well, I'm kind of answering my own question in some ways, because here is the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter to them. He's, he's, he's kind of telling them, guys, yes, you can't be doing this. And I love what you said at the top, um, Pastor, you said how he, he uses Jesus as, as the model, um, you know, to walk in unity, and he mentions Jesus, so... Yeah, so, and I think we need to bear in mind that uh, most of the times these people are clicky without knowing it. Yeah, you know, people offend each other without knowing it. Yeah, very seldom I've come across individuals who are offensive and and uh, mistreating people knowingly, willfully. You know, eventually you come across some of those, but most of the times. Uh, people don't realize what yeah. they're doing. So we need to be very tactful, yeah. uh, careful in how we address the situation. So sure. <laughs> I'd like to comment on what is the cause behind All right. clicks? Why the million, are they yeah. formed? Why do they exist? You know, especially in the church. And um, the Apostle Paul, as he was writing to the church in Corinth, he actually gives us the reason if you read now chapter 3. Verses All right, 1 First Corinthians four. 3, right? Yes, First Corinthians 3, 1 to 4. After addressing the problem and saying, in other words, I'm very concerned uh, for this. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, he says, And I, brethren, see when he says, when he, says he says brethren, he's, he's trying to be friendly with them, yeah. right? Uh, and I, brethren, 
could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. Now he's getting a bit tougher here. Um, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able. Right. Huh? <laughs> For you are still carnal. They were not converted. Right. Then he says, For where there are envy, strife, and divisions. See, this is the cliques. Divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So, Paul just gave us the reason why. He did. The reason why there are cliques in the church is because people are not yet converted. Wow. They don't have a devotional life with Jesus. They don't have that encounter every day. So, yes, the sinful nature shows up in a, yeah. you know, conversations and all so that. So true. And uh, I'm reading here on on the the NLT version. It says, um, going back to verse three, it says, "For you are still controlled by carnal or your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you're controlled by your sinful nature?" And then he goes on there. Aren't you living like people of the world? So I guess what we're saying and what the Bible is saying, um, Pastor, is. In tying it back to our topic today, the reason why there are cliques is it's just the unregenerate heart. It's the that's the root of the problem. It's, that's it's it's um, the carnal mind, the carnal man, woman that's mm. still operating, and and that's a tough one, tough pill to swallow, um, Pastor, because we would never say that to someone that comes to church. You know, you're still you, you know you're. A, you're operating under your sinful nature. That's you know, right. we don't use these strong words as the apostle did. But at some point you've got to you've got to look at the fruit, you know. If you see someone that's exhibiting these types of behaviors or they're not willing to be mm. to work with the body, you know, you can I mean you can I mean you can see what's happening and then you can only deduce, well, where is this coming from? Where is sure. this critical spirit coming from? Where is this negative um, attitudes coming from? Why is this person mm-hmm. acting this way? We've told them once. We've told them twice. You know, I've heard of churches where, you know, they've been toxic mm-hmm. believers. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, that behavior continues with that mm-hmm. individual. And so... Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, we're really diving deep into a lot of problems in the church, really, because I guess when you say clicks, I'm kind of, you know, thinking of the repercussions of that. Clicks turns of into, you know, uh, these various, uh, um, you know, I guess the, the, the implications of what this does in the church. Um, so, yeah, so you're reading First Corinthians 3, and here's your mm-hmm. Apostle Paul saying, you know, uh, you're still carnal. Yeah. You're still you're you're still operating under the old man. This you know, is why the, you're divided. Yeah, and it's good for us ministers because it tells us the root of the problem. So, with that information, instead of using a lot of energy to address the 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 clique itself and give them maybe a social behavior recipes to fix it, yeah. if we attack the root of the problem, which is they don't have a relationship with Jesus, and instead of 
being consumed with that. We try to encourage them to spend time with Jesus daily, yeah. talk to him in prayer every day. Then the rest, the, the other, yeah. is going to be solved by yeah. itself as a yeah. result. Well, love what you're saying, uh, Pastor. We're going to have to just pause real quick. Uh, we're going to go to some music, and we'll be back in just a minute. But before we do that, just like to promote our free book offer once again. It's the book called Life Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein. And um, this is a book that really talks about the big questions of life. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And so, um, yeah, if you'd like to grab a copy of this free book, you'd like to give to you Life Without Limits by Clifford Goldstein, please text the code word, SA70 uh, to our number here in the studio, 04888 Uh The code again, SA70, no spaces between, to 04888 And our friendly bot will get in touch with you and get that book out to you as soon as possible. So please don't go away. We're going to some music and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. It's a scary place, Lord. What are you doing to me? Trusting you is a difficult thing, especially when I cannot see. You know I trust in your plans, your God. I am man, but right now I don't understand. Me, dear Lord, in this time of unknowns, to keep a firm grip on your hand. The candle burns, it flickers and yearns to fill four corners of this darkened room. Whispers joyful light to the cruel winter's night. So dark shadows will not consume, will not consume I used to fear the darkness and hear all the cold It overwhelmed me, trusting you a difficult thing Especially when I could not see Silhouettes of the past For a future that lasts A message of your love and mercy A silent still voice You've offered a choice To a world filled with uncertainty
was Candle by Janine Harris. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. BQ&A's Pastor Will here and my co-host Pastor Ricardo Sheffer pastoring here in Adelaide. If you just joined us, we're on the tail end of our show today. Uh, we're starting uh, the new theme for this rest of this week is uh, talking about uh, God, the Bible and a very human church and we're talking about the topic today how do i or how do we deal with clicks in the church so in the remaining time that we got pastor um walk us through this um some more of this idea of if we're coming across this idea if we're in a church um that may be experiencing uh some of this um what would you um offer uh suggestions to help our listeners out there today so how do how do I deal with cliques in the church? That's the, that's the question, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to share with you a few points that may work for you if you see cliques in your church. Uh, first of all, model inclusiveness from the top. So the leaders in the church should be modeling yeah, inclusiveness. Good. And ultimately, Jesus is our role model. He interacted with prostitutes, a Samaritan woman, Gentiles or pagans, you know, these were people who practiced a different religion. Uh, He interacted with the young, the old, the mentally ill, the spiritually oppressed, the sick, the educated, the uneducated, those who liked him, those who didn't. You know, he was very inclusive. Yes, he was. And Jesus is our model. So we need to imitate Follow the footsteps of Jesus. Amen. So as you see his life and uh, records of the Gospels, uh, you see that Jesus' circle of interaction was wider than that of the rest of the people. And he was criticized for it. He was. (laughs) (laughs) Not surprisingly. So Jesus taught us all that everyone is important to God. Yes. And that's the reason why we should include everyone in the church. God receives everyone as they are, but he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to remain like we are. Yeah. He wants to transform us for our own good and the good of those around us as well. When Jesus interacted with the prostitute, for example, and saved her from being stoned to death, remember he said, go and sin no sin more. Sin no more, yeah. So he accepted everyone, but we need to... Uh, be clear on this. We're we're not accepting every sin. Yeah. We're accepting everyone. Yeah. And we're taking everyone to Jesus, the one who changes. We're not going to change anyone. Yes. Uh, we take people to the one who can make the changes in our hearts. So modeling inclusiveness from the top down. Right. Pastor, elders, leaders of the church, they should all model the same. And when people see the leaders doing that, they will imitate. Yeah. Um, another point, total member involvement. 
In most churches, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And this is very <laughs> unhealthy, you know, for many reasons. And one of them is it creates a division between those who do the work and those who don't. So normally right. those who do the work are the, the most important one, you know, yeah. and that is not good. Everyone is important. So there shouldn't be that division. And this division is a good environment for cliques to develop. Yep. The biblical way is total member involvement. So every church should make sure that everyone, not just a few, not just the ones who hold a position in the church, but everyone has ample opportunity to get involved and contribute right. by using their gifts. That's good. Everyone should have an opportunity, uh, even if it's something simple, but everyone should be involved. So when people cannot break into a church's inner circle or don't know how to do it, they feel marginalized. Yeah. And guess what? Marginalized people never stay. Right. Eventually they leave. But when a church involves everyone in the work, it increases its capacity to uh, become a healthy, vibrant, yes. welcoming Click free, you know, and also gossip free church uh, or place of, of worship. Yes. So that's another thing to consider. Uh, another point is invite others in. I know this might sound, this, this might sound obvious, but um, a lot of the times we're not uh, intentional about this. Yeah. We should invite others in. Uh, Reality tells us that too often churches and church members don't take the initiative to invite others in. And why is that? Because most members think that inviting others in is always someone else's job. You always think, ah, oh, someone else will do it. When you see a stranger coming into your church, you always think someone else will greet him or her. You know, you're relying on somebody else. Um, some others don't want to step out of their comfort zone, out of their familiar routine in the church. People don't like the unpredictable risk of being rejected by a stranger if you want right. to invite them in. And so you're more comfortable with your friends, you know. So, yes, inviting others in may take us out of our comfort zone, but it also takes us out of a life of powerless Christianity. Yeah, it's good. And Jesus said, Go make disciples in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. He didn't say stay um, in your safe little clique or holding on to your pews and hope for others to come and follow me, right? Yeah. He said take the initiative. That means go. You bring them. When you see someone in at the door, stand up and, and yeah. say hi. What's your name? You know, take the initiative. It may be hard at the beginning, but uh, I'm sure y people you know, can get used to this. Yeah. Another point I'd like to share. Don't show favoritism. And this is actually a biblical point. It's natural to gravitate toward people who are like us. You know, it's, you, you yeah. have the same interests. You know, it's easy to talk to, uh, engage in conversations. But God warns his church not to show favoritism. In James 2, verse 1, uh, we're told, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. 
And as you can see, this is not a suggestion, right? This is a command. Yep. <laughs> you must not show favoritism. Uh, favoritism comes in various forms in today's culture. Not all of them obvious. For instance, church programs might favor married couples over singles or divorced people. And so we need to be careful with that, not to yep. exclude people. Or you can do something specifically for you know, couples and then uh, and on another yeah. time something for singles. Other factors like clothing style, whether or not someone has tattoos or race or ethnicity or socioeconomic levels, education can also affect whether or not someone is included or excluded. And that shouldn't be the case. Church should be the ultimate click-free zone, yeah. you know, as much as possible. Another important thing is don't use insider language. Good, good. For example, when someone says, um, to sign up for this course, see Peter. They are implying <laughs> that everyone knows Peter, right? Yeah. And of course, people in the church click. They know Peter. But what about everyone else? What about the visitor that you are trying to reach? You see, if you, you know, and, and we do this without noticing. Yeah, We're we so do. used to that. <laughs> Churches also unintentionally perpetuate cliques by what they call their ministries or programs. For example, when someone makes the announcement from the front and says, please be advised, there will be AYs this afternoon. What's AYs? Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I think that, uh, that's, that's uh, something to, to take into account. Right. Um. I have a couple more points, but how, do, how are we doing with time? Is it one minute? So uh, another point, address the spirit of complaint as soon as it happens. Yeah. Well, most of us tend to think of cliques forming through bonds of relationships. Cliques can also form through bonds of resentments. Very good. Um, for example, get a small group of people together who are upset about the style of worship music their church sings and you have a clique. Or a group who shares the same distaste for the pastor's style of preaching. You have another clique. You, know? right. you can't avoid it. Um, so cliques can be formed around common interests, but they can also form around common complaints. It is helpful to remember what happened to the clique that complained and grumbled about Moses. Yep. They were destroyed. So God doesn't mess around with cliques like this. Yes. First uh, Corinthians ten ten warns us against becoming part of a clique who complains. It says, "And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer." You know, strong words. So, I think I'll leave it at that. All right, because we're running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, listen. To say. Yeah, I know that, that we could we could spend another half an hour sharing, but unfortunately. <laughs> Our time is up. Thank you so much, Pastor Ricardo Sheffer, for sharing today in the studio today. Our time's up today. Please join us tomorrow with Gary and Eric as they look at the topic, how do we deal with immorality in the church? God bless you, and we'll see you next time.